Well, chat, today we have a lovely, lovely episode. I'm going to let Curtis take it away and explain what we're doing today because this was his idea. Awesome. So uh, today we are going to be discussing the evolution of the Assassin's Creed series. Assassin's Creed has been around for a while and it's gone through many, many, many iterations, uh, many design changes and a couple of overhauls. So uh, we just wanted to go ahead and get in and start plugging away at it. Starting with the first Assassin's Creed, I don't know if you ever played that one, Chris. Oh, I see. I only played it once. It was one of my less favorite Assassin's Creed, just because it was around the time I was just getting into gaming. But I still, I still love the game. It was great. It was great. For me, it was like the first Assassin's Creed game, obviously, that I played. But the thing about it was like, it wasn't just the first Assassin's Creed I played. It was the first game I played where you could essentially climb anything. You essentially were in massive free roam. Right. And to me, that was huge. Like, I had just gotten out of the Marine Corps. I was sitting in my dad's house, and this game came out, and my cousin was playing it. And, and I was like, what is this? This looks amazing. And then the first time I saw him, like, dive bomb off the top of a building and stab somebody through the neck with his hidden blade... I probably like freaked and was like, okay, I, I absolutely must play this game now. Right. Like the whole premise of the first one was that uh, you played Altair and... The you, OG. Yeah, well, yeah, one of the OGs. But you had to essentially like, you couldn't just run around and slay everybody. I mean, you could, like if you really right. wanted to, you could. You could, you like, you had to use stealth tactics in a way that you had never really used them before. You had to hide yourself in crowds and follow the crowds around as you walk through to gain information on the target that you were hunting. And then you had to do this like three or four different times before you could actually go back and go find the guy. I think blending in that game was so genius. That should have been something we also covered in our last episode with stealth and whatnot and deception a little bit. But man, I, I think creating that way for the player to like have that little bit of added stealth and added assassination uh um what what is the the word i'm thinking of but i just i feel like you you really felt like you were like an assassin in that game because you really had to have that you had to like plan you had to plan it brought agency to the player like you had to, you were there. Like I, I, I had to hop into this. This mindset of I, I have right. to stalk my prey and find out more right. about it before I can just go and kill this dude. Like that was right. the big thing about it to me was that it wasn't just let me just find this guy and slay this guy. It's like I actually have to learn about this person that I'm trying to hunt mm-hmm. down and kill. And then honestly, after a couple of the kills, like there was one or two of them where. Because they always had that that little cutscene where he like runs the feather through their blood and and blesses their death, right? Trying to help them move to the afterlife, but I thought that was amazing. Like I felt bad for a couple of them because like they truly felt they 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 were truly like believing in the cause that they were doing, and you're like, well, from this point of view, your cause is whack, but from their point of view, it's a noble, just cause, right? Who were who the true heroes, the Templars or the Assassins? Well, I mean, the Templars wanted the, to control the world. <coughs> I know. I so, know. They're, they're like... kind of rhetorical there. <laughs> but but it, something we'll probably get into um, in the second part of this, this two-parter. Next um, week, yeah. Yeah. You actually do end up playing as a Templar in, in one of them. <laughs> and 
That's the... Rogue. Okay. Yeah, but that's like much later. Uh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But then, but I mean, even it, it wasn't. It wasn't just like stealth and assassin gameplay. You could honestly run up, draw your sword, strike one of the guards, and cause this massive fight where like you just kept dragging on and on and on and on and on. Now, right. The controls were kind of simplistic. Oh, um, very. That's, I mean, like that's the one reason I didn't like the first one, I, as much as any of the others. I loved the second one. The second one was one of my favorites. But the first one, I felt like it was just far too linear. Well, I mean, I have the biggest decisions over my, or the biggest say over my decisions just because I, like, I still had a lot of, like, I could still make my own decisions. Like, I still had that free roam capability, but I feel like most of it was just, like, you had to follow a strict linear path. Yeah. Since most of the Assassin's Creed's up until I think it was, uh, Assassin's Creed 4, right? We could just, we're sailing the ocean, which that's... Yeah, but like, what I'm saying is the, the actual control scheme, not like the exploration. Cause, because, to be honest, they gave you a lot to do in Assassin's Creed 1. You had to find, like, 50 feathers or something stupid like that, and you had to find, right. uh, like, I think it was like 25 or such of these uh, banners that they had, like these flags... And there was a different right. flag for each each town that you went into. But I'm saying like the control scheme. So if you get into a fight, you can push square or, you know, it was on Xbox too. So X to, to swing at them. Or you could, or you could, you could like sit there and you could like wait for them to attack you and then push B or circle. You would parry and then, and then you could instantly boom, dead. Right. See, that's, that's another thing I didn't like about it so much. And that's most of the Assassin's Creed games. Is if you hit that parry, you can instant death. And it was just, I felt like a lot of it at one point, like if you had, like, max gear, you could just end a single fight in, like, five seconds. Yeah, exactly. You could just literally like they, parry everything, counterattack them, and you, you, like, almost instantly killed them every single time. And it just, right. it was such bland fighting, even though they did, you know... It, Assassin's Creed 2 and and Ezio's whole chapter and then Assassin's Creed 3 and 4, they did make different animations for the kills, which made it a little more interesting to watch. Because, like, I remember in the second Assassin's Creed, you could have, you could have like, this war hammer with, like, a... It was, like, a hammer on one end and a spike at the back of it. And I remember uh, if you did this one, like, one of the animations, you would, like... Punch like hit the person in the stomach with the with the end of the hammer. They would buckle over, and then he would just like grip the hammer and just crush the back of their skull in. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, Almost every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, that the second one that was probably if it wasn't for Assassin's Creed Four, which I know a lot of people hate, but if it wasn't for Assassin's Creed Four, Assassin's Creed would be my favorite great uh, favorite Assassin's Creed game. The, that is, that's the one that I started playing Assassin's Creed with. Yeah, the second playing that game. The second one was masterpiece in my eyes. Oh, for sure. People like I've heard people say that they don't enjoy how open the world was, but I think like that's what made Assassin's Creed one and two. Those worlds were so massive. Especially two, because like <clears throat> so oh, yeah. in Assassin's Creed one, you were like it, like it was open world if you were in the map. But then you had to go to, like, the exit or entrance to it. 
and then you would load into the next one and then you would find you know you'd come out of the the assassin's creed hideout and you'd go into the i guess you could call it the, the branching world area where you would either go up and to the left go to um uh acker or you you'd go you know up and to the right to go to a different place right and it wasn't like it it gave the perception of being open world without truly being fully open world because you were still right. limited to like yeah. where you could go and where you couldn't go but in Assassin's Creed 2 it was just they were like here's Italy do your thing oh yeah I loved it especially yeah just like just like Sam saying Assassin's Creed 1 didn't have like some like god tier armor did it because I remember Assassin's Creed no it did it did had Altair's Master Armor, right? Yeah. So yeah, but, on, but... My but, next is going off. But you could only... Like, you could only really... Um, I don't remember how you got Altair's Master Armor. Because I know in Assassin's Creed 2, you could get you Altair's Armor. Yeah, you just gotta find all the... Uh, the seals. No, the seals. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But see, that yeah, was the thing. You had to find... In the second one, you had to find... The I guess you could call them dungeon puzzles. <coughs> Excuse me. I loved those. Yeah, no, I did too. Those were amazing. Did you just like it, you, they they would drop you in the middle of it? You literally have to run around and find your way out of it, and and you either figured it out or you died and you, you had to give up and try again. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. Dogwood asks, wasn't Altair's armor a quest from, like, a pre-order DLC? I mean... What, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, man, we're talking we're talking 11 years ago. That's... I don't think DLC was, like, a massive thing at that moment. Not massive, but it was a thing. Oh, yeah. It was more of just, like, a concept, in a sense. Because, I mean, you still had the DLC, like, with Call of Duty. You had, like, a couple maps you could bring in. Well, I think the horse armor existed by that point. I do think horse armor existed. Yeah, and I don't remember. It's been so long since I played Assassin's Creed One that I, I've only played it once, and that's just because, like, for some reason, I went from Assassin's Creed Two. Is my parents my my parents didn't even know I played Assassin's Creed. The way they found out was actually pretty funny. They were not happy. Well, I was you, very you had sheltered. to be pretty young still too, right? Yeah, oh, I think I was, like, not even in middle school by the time I started playing these games. Um, and yeah, you're, no, you're actually, jumping yeah, out buildings, first. like, stabbing people through the neck, and you're, like, 11 years old. The way they found out, I was actually with my friends. We were outside. And this is a story. I'm going to get a little off topic here. But the way, we were, way they found out I was playing Assassin's Creed, I was the only one of my friends at the time who played the game. We were running around in the front yard. A front yard, if you can call it that. It was kind of like a, um, what are they called? They're the conjoined houses. That's not, that's besides the point. And I'm running around. We're, we're doing some play fighting, whatever. And I, like, run over. I buckle my friend's knees down to the floor. And he just falls down on his knees. And I go, wham, into his neck. Pretend I had a hidden blade. Ah. Mom was just like, what are you doing? And I was just like, <laughs> it's from a game. She's like, "What game are you playing?" I said, "It's just, it's, it's a fun game." And I knew if I, if I told them what game I was playing, they were gonna be pissed. So, and they, anyway, they went down to my little game collection. They opened up my Xbox 
disc tray and they found what was in there like i can't believe you're playing this game oh you're grounded and i had to sell the game but i, <laughs> I borrowed it from my friend and played it in secret anyway but, that's awesome that's yeah, awesome but anyway my, i went from assassin's creed two to one and then i loved how much my decision mattered and i feel like this is also what kind of triggered me to be a game to de uh, game developer game designer at that point but i loved how much my decisions mattered in that game. Even if it was, I still had to do X, Y, and Z to finish the game, but I could go off and do these little mailing contracts, which, pff, who the hell wants to do mail, wants to deliver mail? Assassin's Creed made it fun. Here's a timer. Deliver the mail, get some extra money. Right. I, I don't know. But then I went from, and I, the movement in Assassin's Creed 2 is a lot more fleshed out than 1. So oh, that's why super I, I obviously beat I obviously beat Assassin's Creed 1, but I think at the time I was just like, okay, well, this isn't as, like, good as Assassin's Creed 2, so I'm just going to beat it real quick and uh, never play it again. So I really don't – I didn't do all the, like, side missions, finding all the feathers, finding all the uh, – no, the data fragments weren't in Assassin's Creed at that moment anyway. I know it's not relevant now, but I'm so proud I remembered about Assassin's Creed 2. This is from the wiki on Assassin's Creed 2 DLC. Altair's, Altair's outfit. You can take possession of Altair's outfit by going to the outfit selection. Of the really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it was a DLC. No, I think we're saying that there was like the god tier armor if you want to actually. So that I think that's the one that, that had like fur on it and stuff and looked like a wolf, unless I'm mistaken. Ezio's armor and like it turned, turned his clothes all black and white, which I thought that was that was really cool. Yeah, that's I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because that. But yeah, no, I do remember. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying because that that's one of the things that like drove me to continue playing that game and explore every inch of it was trying to find all those seals to get that armor because when I found when I found that I was like, oh, this is amazing! Like like straight up, this is amazing. You know, that was what that that was back in two thousand and. What five or something like that? Or no, two thousand eleven? No, 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 no. Two thousand eleven. That's yeah, that's not I was that, in high school by then. That's my bad. But probably two thousand eleven. Honestly. Like let's hold on. Let me see. Do a little bit of this Google Assassin's research. Assassin's Creed one two. came out two thousand seven, yep. Seven. So Assassin's Creed two was like in Okay, so like what I'm what I'm getting at. I was in middle school at that time. Anyway, go ahead. What I'm getting at is like this game was so amazing, was advanced, amazing, perhaps. yeah, advanced and amazing for its time. But but it, it's it's more of the fact that that game came out. Let's just say the late knots, right? Right. Talking, let's just say 2009. There's a game that came out not recently, but semi recently. Called Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm sure you've heard of it. Of course, man. You you <laughs> got me to play that game. Right. So. <laughs> right. Sam Sam said Assassin's Creed Two was 2009. Thank you, sir. Yep. Horizon Zero Dawn did the same thing, or same quote unquote model that uh, Assassin's Creed Two did, where they showed you the ultimate gear. They showed you the ultimate armor right. and they were like, there is a way to get this in the game. Now figure it out. And you're just like, wait, right. wait, 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 what? I can, what? I can have that? 
Right. Right. I think I think that's like that's smart because it gives someone to, it gives the player something to work for. And like I know you and I talk about this a lot, like with boosting in MMOs and whatnot. <clears throat> like the player needs something to work for. If you just give it to them like right off the bat. Or if you don't even show it to them, it really gives them nothing to work for. Like, if you knew that there was an armor, but you didn't show it to them, I don't know the Assassin's Creed, they're known for doing this. They'll show you, like, max gear, max weapons. They'll show it to you, be like, hey, so here, here's some stuff you can get figured out. You're going to want it for the future. Right. Like, I feel like doing that, it gives the player something to work for, and they're like, oh, man, I, I got I to gotta have this. I got to have Like, I got to do whatever it takes in this game to get that piece of armor. I got to do whatever it takes to get that weapon. No, that's exactly how I was. That, that's exactly. I, I, I remember spending like I don't know hours and hours trying to find this last uh, puzzle dungeon so I could get the last seal because I was like, oh my god, I only need one more. I should probably go to bed, but I'm not going to because I must get this. Right. And all that's right, just how honest. it was. Did you uh, <clears throat> did you ever do all the animus? I don't know what they were called. They were no. like hieroglyphs. And Those were so hard to find. So like, not the animus fragments themselves, but the every they're scattered around Italy. They had the hieroglyphs that you could go into eagle mode or eagle vision. Right. You could scan them, and then it showed you how like everything started with the apple of Eden, with Adam and Eve running away. Right. The first right. Civilization. Right. So. And that's kind of hard. Like, was that in the second one? Because I know, I know that yeah. Ezio's story spanned like four three, different. Three yeah, three or four. Was it? I think it was four games, to be honest. It was Assassin's Creed because they, they. If it's four, if we're talking about four, they made a movie about Altair or Ezio. Um. Or wait, no, we're talking about Altair. No, said, right? we're talking about Ezio. Okay, Ezio. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Ezio, like, he went from Assassin's Creed to Brotherhood and Revelation. They talked about him in Assassin's Creed 3, but they never you never played as him. All right, buddy. I thought he had his own. Uh, no, yeah, you're right. It is. He had, they made a movie about him where he was, like, really old and he married that chick. It was a short story. Assassin's Creed 2 is one of the few games I 100%. Sam, same. Looking for all those collectibles was painful, but I remember the struggle looking for those glyphs. Oh, my God. Those glyphs. Those are so... I remember they're... At one point, I, I would just run around, or not even run around, because he didn't run with Eagle Vision. He had to walk. Yeah. I remember there were times I would walk around the rooftops with Eagle Vision. I'm just sitting here being like, where's the where's the glyph at? Where's the glyph at? Man, hours, hours. But no, those flags. See, I never played Assassin's Creed 1 like that, and I really feel like I should go back and play it just like how, for how much I love Assassin's Creed because of those, those games gave me so much like enjoyment and fun. I'll be honest though, you, you you will not like it now. Like nowadays, well, right now, compared to like what Assassin's Creed is in gaming nowadays, Assassin's Creed One is not going to be as it's not going to be good. But I feel like taking it for what it is, and that's what we do. That's what we do. We take games for what they are. Like if someone if someone hands us a game, we, we we're not going to be like, oh man, this isn't a triple A title. This doesn't have like sixty frames per second. Fuck this game. I'm not playing it. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, some do like uh, phasmophobia, for example. Like, you gotta take it for what it is. Like, right. You can't expect like one dude to make a masterpiece in like six months. So, like, oh, phasmophobia, I feel like is a masterpiece, but that's a whole other video. <laughs> I do, I do like, I do like how they put essentially a story within a story. 
So, like, not only are you playing as Altair and Ezio through the first and second and Brotherhood and Revelations, right? So, through four games, you play as two characters in, in the Assassin's Creed world, but you're also playing as, uh, what's his name? Desmond. Yeah, Desmond. Desmond Miles. And Desmond, Desmond is like the overarching story of the entire Assassin's Creed. Right. Like, like his story is the one that I always, I was like, oh man, I cannot wait until we get to the part where we get to play as, as Desmond. Like, actually play as Desmond as an assassin, his actual full-on story. I was the same way. I was very disappointed. Oh, we got an echo. Uh, Sam says that Modern World sections, especially in the first one, were so confusing. Okay, but yeah, the first one was definitely confusing. But I was so I was looking forward for to having Desmond as the assassin as well, and I felt felt like that's what they were leading up to, like Desmond having his own Assassin's Creed standalone. Like it was going to be him, Assassin's Creed, Desmond Miles. Right. <clears throat> I feel like they they obviously they definitely subverted the expectations, but I feel like Assassin's Creed died. I'm not going to say, like, it, it was dead and I, I didn't start liking the games because I still loved the games, for sure. I, I personally feel like Assassin's Creed died after a sat, or Desmond died in the third game. And it, okay. wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like Assassin's Creed how I remember when I started playing and I, when I was growing up. It was still Assassin's Creed, but it wasn't the Assassin's Creed I knew. Right. So, like, <clears throat> real quick, back on, back on the topics of those flags, uh, just to touch base with them on Sam, and I'm sure he can he can testify to this, but just by adding those flags or just by adding those animus fragment glyphs, that was a small little thing that the developers could do and did to add hours of gameplay into their game. And it, it, oh, yeah. like, it was the most minuscule thing like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to hide this flag <coughs> on the top of this building. Go find it. If you told, if you told the player to, Hey, go find all the flags and they want to find all the flags, they, they, they're going to spend hours searching for them all. And it was just a tiny little intelligent idea that they had to give the player more playtime within the game. Because, like, right. like, all in all, Assassin's Creed 1 is not a very long game. If you play it from, like, the start to the end of the story, it's really, it's probably, like, 15, 20 hours. It's a small yeah. game. <clears throat> well, none of them are really long up until after Revelation. After Revelation, uh, once Assassin's Creed 3 hit, they started getting really long. Started adding, especially especially when they started adding the synchronization quests. Like 100% synchronization with your ancestor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I beat you being me, oh my god. If I, so I think it was like, there were some, don't kill anyone but the target. Hey, don't it. take any damage. The hey, second I would take damage, the second I would actually kill someone besides the target, like, oh, restart the level, restart the memory. It was so oh, I hated it. I would I'd be sitting here being like playing, I'd be playing, I'd be playing damage. Like, Fuck, gonna be like get all compartmentalized and like shake around like I'm having a stroke. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, these these flags, these flags. You, uh, they actually gave the purpose. They gave a purpose for the player too. It added like. I mean, it wasn't, like, anything major, but they still added, like, slight bit of story element to the game as well. <clears throat> and then Sam says, there was this Assassin's Creed knockoff I loved called The Saboteur, a World War II Assassin's Creed, but, man, it had 1,500-plus collect 
Jeez. What the hell? No, thank you. I gotta check that game out, though. That <clears throat> sounds fun. It's a lot of... I really... It's a lot. Be honest. Be honest. I would have loved a World War II Assassin's Creed game. Well, you may still get it. It's true. That's true. I know they're going They're going kind of backwards, but that doesn't... I mean, I feel like they've, they've exhausted a lot of their ideas. Um, but, like, when... when I beat Assassin's Creed 2. I was like, okay, this is this is awesome. Like, I, I love this. I, I love the fact that you had to, like, build up the town. You got your own little manor. You had to, um, you could, That's like, fun. you could, like, buy other different types of weapons. Because, like, in Assassin's Creed 1, you only had Altair's saber. And that was it. But in 2, you could have, like, war hammers or, like, straight swords or sabers or, you know, whatever you wanted. And then they even put in... I think in two they put in the the gun, like the the gun in the wrist, where he's just like like you had you only had one shot with it, but it was still technically a gun. Right. And then on top of that, they expanded upon it. Like when Brotherhood came out, I was astounded. I I, I remember saying to myself, wait, 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 you're gonna tell me that I get to have like this whole brotherhood of assassins and I can just be on the rooftop and see this guy and be like, oh, hey, I don't want to walk over there and kill that guy, but I'm going to send somebody to do it. And then you just push a button, and one of your dudes just drops out of the middle, like, thin air and just kills this guy and then runs off. And you're like, well, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. I think I think that was a like excellent addition to the games. Yeah. Like, and, being able to, because like, I think they brought it over <clears throat> into, like, the rest of the games as well. I think they stopped doing it after Assassin's Creed 3. But I, like, I, I love that. I, like you said, you have the guy jump down, you kill. I, there would be times where I'd run into the kill, uh, kill quest, kill, kill the dude at the end of the memory. Mm-hmm. I would just run in there, have my dudes kill all the people for me, get in a fight, and I'd literally just go kill the guy. Well, this took like no time at all. Right. It was just, it was it was fun though because you you're using you have a team, rather than being by yourself. Now you actually have what like they started in the first one. You have an assassins brotherhood. Right, a, a, a whole team of people. Right, no, you're absolutely right. And then and then like Sam was saying, the the town building part, it they literally just made it better and better and better because like in two it was it was cool because it was new, but then in brotherhood. It had a purpose because, right. like the the bigger your barracks area was, the more people you could recruit. Or you know, there was a shop in your own little town at that point. Uh, and then in three, it just like took off. Like in three, it was just like skyrocketed. Although, I, I'll be honest, I'm not not a real big fan of three. It, no one is. No one is. Sam, I've never played Brotherhood. Does it still hold up? I think it does. I think it does. There's some pretty cool armor you can unlock in that game as well. Yeah, um, I mean, what if, else? Sam, if if Assassin's Creed Two is <laughs> is your jam, Brotherhood is better than Two. Gotta disagree. No, I gotta disagree. no way, bro. No I way. really have to disagree. Like, I got Unity for free from Ubisoft, and I still need to go through that. Unity is another game I'm kind of iffy about, and that's honestly just because I feel like Unity was not an Assassin's Creed game. It really had no purpose of having the <clears throat> Assassin's Creed title. Assassin's, you played Unity, right? No, I kind of fell no. off. I kind of fell off of Assassin's Creed. Like I, I played them, 
but I didn't devote as much time as I had to one, two, Brotherhood, Revelations, four, like after well, after, yeah, four after Rogue. After Rogue, it was just like, there. What's the point? It, it's it's the same game, and I would always, like I said, I would always play it, but it was always the same game, just reskinned. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like the whole concept after <clears throat> after Sam or not Sam died. Um, after Desmond died, game really it changed. It was no longer like I said the Assassin's Creed I knew growing up. Right, and so like I agree, I I fell off for a long time. Yeah, three was the last Creed. Uh, game I played, I disliked it so much. Yeah, Sam, the Assassin's Creed Three, it was a great concept. I appreciated, I appreciated, yeah, I appreciated where they were going with the game, and I feel like it like opened up, especially especially with the naval battles. That was like the first game with the naval battles. I feel like it opened up so much, and then they just fleshed it out so much more on Assassin's Creed Four. They just started changing so much after Assassin's Creed Four. I, that's the last game I played. I picked up Unity. I tried to play it for a little bit. I didn't like it. Um, what else is there? There's <clears throat> Origins. Origins was cool. I see. The only reason I like Origins though is because they kind of told like how this, uh, how the Creed started. I, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, but that's that's a huge revamp on the series. Like that's right. Oh yeah. Yeah, like that's that's gonna take. Like honestly, I feel like Origins and and Odyssey are gonna take us like the majority of the next episode to talk about because oh, ju- there's sure. just so much that they did so much that they changed so <laughs> much that got reworked revamped um so many influences that they stole like i don't want to say stole but they they mirrored from other games well yeah they used the influence of their for honor game with the combat system and origins in a, in a way like, yeah like sidestep and like shield bash right yeah. But I mean like with with so going back to two and, and that whole thing, um if you haven't played Black Flag Sam, I would say definitely give it a try, dude, because it's one of my favorite games. You'll no, you'll it's, love it's, it. It's my favorite Assassin's Creed game. Just you'll, for the the sole purpose of the naval battles, it, it oh I love the naval battles. They they honestly give me a hard on sometimes. Dude, I remember uh when four came out, my buddy had like I think he had just got an Xbox One. And okay. he, yeah. like, I was over hanging out at his house, and, and he was like, yo, you have got to play this game. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what, 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 why? It's the same thing. And he's like, shut up and listen to me. It's not, it's, it's leagues far and beyond better than any Assassin's Creed that has come before it. And I'm like, what do you, like, why? And he, he just, he looked me dead in the eye, and he goes, you're a pirate. Yep. And I was like, okay. 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 I'm sold. Right. right. That's pretty much that's pretty much what one of my buddies did for me as well back when the game came out. See, I really enjoyed the story as well. It wasn't an Assassin's Creed story. It wasn't someone who had this awful upbringing and then all of a sudden just like was brought up into the Creed. This man just, he found an assassin who was about to betray the Creed. Killed him, stole his armor, went to the car, went to the place where he was gonna do his little. Hey, I'm gonna sell out some assassin secrets and whatnot, and then finally realized what he did wrong, and he says, "You know what? Time to be an assassin." So it, it, I really enjoyed it because it was just it was 
different take on someone being brought in the, in the assassins uh, in the assassins brotherhood. Right. He just kind of like he kind of like named himself an assassin. He wasn't trained. Right. He didn't. Nobody was like, oh, hey, you should come join the creed. No, he he was just literally like, oh damn, hero. I I killed this guy. There's a way for me to get some money. Oh God, the thing right. I just did is bad. Let me make it right. Even then, he still didn't necessarily care. Like he he still was he still had that pirate mentality. He still was like, I'm still a pirate first and foremost. Like I'll I'll help the assassins out. I call on myself an assassin. Uh, he really didn't become an assassin until. Did he become the grandmaster or the uh, master of the brotherhood at that time? Because I remember at one point all of them got wiped out. Yeah. Well. So. I need. I need to get my do right bottle. Keep talking. You're good. No, it's just like I don't honestly remember if he became the the master assassin, but I I do know that he basically took a ship. Uh, you meet Blackbeard, which is outstanding. Like that's one of the things that really, really gets me about the the Assassin's Creed series is like the historical people that that they portrayed. Because in two, it was Leonardo da Vinci. In three, you get to you get to talk about uh, you get to see like basically the 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 start of the Revolutionary War, which for Americans is a huge thing. Because, like, especially when you talk about seeing Benjamin Franklin, um, I think you get to see Jefferson, I know you meet Washington, but, like, just to see these historical figures, like, come to life was a big, big thing to me. And, oh, no, for sure. And then in four, you get to meet Captain Kidd and Blackbeard, and it's just like, these are these are people that we've read tales and heard stories about, but you've never actually seen them portrayed. Oh yeah, no, for sure. It's for for me, Assassin's Creed Two. Going back to Leonardo da Vinci, that's my that's my hero. If there's anyone I could go back in time to meet, it would definitely be Leonardo da Vinci. He is literally the father of everything modern: architecture, art, science. Not necessarily physics. I'd give that more towards Newton, but like he literally is the reason we are able to like fly. Read the way he, way he wanted to make a man fly was so beyond anyone's thought process. It was drawing the wings of a bird because he wanted to draw the first, or the first angel with a pair of wings. So he's just sitting here doing his thing. He's drawing the bird's wings and he he's studying. He's just like, okay, what makes the bird fly? Like this really shouldn't allow the bird to fly. But then he started getting the concept of lift and drag. He says, you know what? I wonder if I could do this, but for a person. And he made the wingsuit. Wasn't a wasn't a huge success, but he was able to get someone to like fly for a short period of time. Well, and Same you, get thing. To, you get to use that in one of the assassins. Like, I think it's it's either two or it's brotherhood. It's, it's, two, and, it's two and brotherhood. Right. So Both like you literally get to meet the man. Right. And then use his invention. Right. And, and it was, I, I, I love what? it. Right. And then, uh, even, even, uh, I, I won't talk too much about Leonardo da Vinci. Like he, like I said, he's my hero. If you don't know a lot about Leonardo da Vinci, honestly, don't, I, I don't suggest doing like a huge, like, 
crash course on Leonardo da Vinci because he, he's responsible for a lot of the things we have now in our modern culture. He revolutionized artwork, he revolutionized architecture, he revolutionized engineering, he revolutionized any industry that you can possibly think of, but that's not the point of this episode. <clears throat> but yeah, no, like the historical aspects, like they really have people doing their, like knowing their shit. People come into uh, Ubisoft and they, you know how to hire their history buffs. Like you, I'm, I'm thinking some of these people might honestly have a double major at some point. Like double well, I mean, majored in design and uh, history. They all they all start out the same. They all have the same starting text box that says this game was researched and developed by a multicultural team of right. various beliefs and faiths. And it and you really need to stress that because like that one text box says, oh hey listen, we're not um you know we we don't all believe the same thing. And, and we're not saying that what we're portraying here is historically accurate, but it does have historical accuracy. Right. And the diversity in the games, too. Like, th I'm actually doing a research paper on this for my school. Having that much diversity in a game, you can, you can target so many. Like, your target audience goes from this to, to this. It's, it's, it blows my mind. You can reach so many people just by having, hey, we're not trying to piss anybody off, but there's going to be some cultures that are represented here. Was just historically how they were how they were represented. Like in uh, Black Flag, you would go to the plantations and you would see Africans working on a plantation, a sugar field. Right. Um, a, and that was um, one of the things I loved was actually like you saw the slaves, but then there was some <laughs> missions freedom. where where your your whole purpose was to just free the slaves, like right. free the slaves from this plantation. And you're like, well, that's kind of a cool take on it. Sam, Sam just said they had a, they had a person whose whole entire job was just to do a 3d model of Notre Dame to make it perfect. Now on that point, Sam think that was unity. unity. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. So, uh, you remember, remember a couple <laughs> years back when Notre Dame caught on fire? Yes. They actually used the three. They actually used Unity, and they used it, and and probably currently are using it to fully restore Notre Dame to what it was. And they're using the model in Unity because it was so perfect. So they're using a video game to accurately restore a historical monument. And that's, a, that's another thing about video games. I love how a lot of people, and I love how the media twists it. Oh, the video games are responsible for violence. Video games are bad. Video games are the devil. It's like, no. So there's bad people who play video games, and they see this stuff. They think, maybe I can do that. It's not the video. It's like the whole concept of a, a person doesn't kill people. A gun kills people. No. It's the person responsible. The person who plays the game, they see the stuff, and then they think, oh, Maybe I can do that. It's not the video game saying, "Hey, you should go do this real quick." It's it's more of just the concept of the per like bad people do bad stuff. Right. Anyway, I love how video games are able to bring out positive in the world because there's a whole side of video games that not a lot of people know about, and it's part it's some that I eventually want to get into where it's called serious gaming. It's not like I take gaming seriously. It's basically addressing re real world issues. 
love to make a period game. We work on we work on one for a while. Sam, I would love to do that honestly. If you ever come up with an idea or any of us come up, up with an idea, I'm down. But there's a whole side of gaming called serious gaming where it's you address real world uh, issues and you put them out and you allow people to play them. There's uh, a company called Design Interactive. They're a serious game company. And they make games for kids who are born without limbs or they are amputees. And they teach them how to work muscles in their arms, their legs, their hands that they don't have by playing a VR game. And after about six months of playing this game, they give them a prosthetic limb. It is so, it's very, it's a very advanced prosthetic limb. And they say, all right, use this prosthetic limb, but play the VR game again. And they're using the prosthetic limb subconsciously. They're not, un, they're not knowing that they're like reaching out and actually grabbing it. Like their hand is moving. So I think people don't appreciate games for what they truly are sometimes because there's so much that, like Assassin's Creed, it's using, um, it's helping Paris rebuild the Notre Dame. Like that's, that's amazing. Like people, I feel like games are very underappreciated sometimes. And I, I want to be, I want to help people see the positive in gaming. I feel like I'm starting to do that with my parents. They used to hate games. They used right. to hate video games. But now that I'm doing that with my career, they're starting to see all the positive. I'm starting to show them like, hey, this is something I could do. It's very fulfilling. Like even just publishing a game is so fulfilling. You get your name out there. You get your name. Second, like, I hardly worked on Knifei. Sam will say that I, I, I did a whole lot of work. But I feel like I, compared to the other guys, I, I feel like I didn't do near, nearly as much. But still see my game on Knifei, it did do a whole lot of work. I Thank you. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. But even seeing my name on a game, it's just like, oh my god, like my name is now out in the world. So, but anyway, back to Assassin's Creed. I'm known for bringing tangents to podcasts. I'm sorry, Chad. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about the modeling and the artwork of Assassin's Creed. Amazing, amazing. Like, I I don't know how they do it sometimes. Well, it's, it's like I I think like I feel that so if I if I was to say okay this is how they did it I really think that they went to like so Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood you play in Italy so I really right. feel like they went to Italy spent some time there looked at um looked at old old uh topical graphs maps whatever you want to say that they can look at and they were just like hey this is what it used to look like this is where stuff used it photo photometry scanning and a hundred plus people in the artwork team yeah that's right right oh my God. but that's what i'm saying but even even still like italy's so old there's there's like layers of city like the the current city is built on top of the city that was there a hundred years ago. That's built on top of the city that was there five hundred years ago. Right. So it's like, which portion do you use? You know what I mean? Like, how right. how do you figure out that this building was here and actually here, and this is what this building really looked like? And that's one of the things that gets me because they're so historically accurate that when you play those games. You're not just like, oh, my name is Ezio and I'm in I'm in Italy. You're like, no, I'm 
I'm actually standing in like 15th century Italy. There's uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's uh, Guido's Campanet uh, Campanale, uh, Campanale. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's that this tallest building in Assassin's Creed, too. Okay. I'll drag it over, so just check and see it real quick. This building right here, I'm pretty sure you recognize it, but this this is a, a building in Assassin's Creed 2. Yes. Another perfectly modeled 3D model in a, in a game, and we could literally, like right here, um, this looks like Assassin's Creed 2 right here. Like that- I, could, I, could put, I could pull this image up, and I could tell you, this is this image is from Assassin's Creed 2, and you'll be like, oh yeah, no, for, it is. I, I believe it. I was. That's what I was going to say. I I could tell you that that's an Assassin's Creed 2 image, and you would be like, yeah, probably. Sure, I, I believe it, but like it's it's not like they, they do so that art team like uh, props to the Ubisoft art team. Like they, uh, I know Ubisoft has a huge history department. Uh, a lot of cities and museums freely give out their records. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes that's necessary. Like, you got to have those those bit of records. But, like, even then, like, being able to model something and have someone say that it's it's a real-world picture and say, yeah, no, this is from a video game, and being able to be like, oh, yeah, I, I believe it, that takes hours and hours of work. So it's just, it makes me think it's like, these people either a have too much time on their hands or are way too much, way too dedicated to their work, and I want to be that dedicated. Then they wouldn't be way too dedicated. That's true. True. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for to the layman that you you could say they're too dedicated. But even then, like I, I feel like people underappreciate the time it takes to make a video game. And I honestly I hate it whenever I hear someone say, "Man, this game, this game sucks." Like, it's so buggy, it's so this, it's so blah, 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 A. It's probably a beta, and they don't understand the difference between beta and gold. Right. But. Well, and that, so, like, so I just had, a, I just had an interview, and during the interview, um, one of the people, because it was, like, a panel, it was, like, three people, and one of the people that were right. interviewing me was, like, oh, uh, like, he's, like, this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a resume. You, you have your, your degree in game design and I was like yes sir and, and he was like well tell me a little bit about that and like getting into it the point the point that I brought this up for was that like people don't understand unless you're in the gaming industry people don't understand that, that a common game that you would play like say Assassin's Creed right. took millions of dollars in funding and Probably like three or four years just to get the first Assassin's Creed out because they had to right. build everything from scratch. They had to build the framework up. They had to build all of your interactions, your mechanics. They had to build the entire world. They had to research it first. The physics section. Yeah, like they, there's so much that goes into it. And like when I when I started explaining it to these people, they were just like their jaws dropped. Like all of them, they're like, I didn't realize it that much went into a video game and i'm i'm like sitting here yeah <laughs> you you don't realize it until you start to get into it and then you're the, right. you're sitting there like oh my gosh i i didn't i didn't i had no idea yeah that that you know the game candy cross that everybody 
or Candy Crush that everybody loves to play, even that game probably took at least a year. Like, at the very least a year. And that's such a simplistic match three game. Right. Sam just uh, posted something in the Discord. If, by the way, chat, if you're watching this and you're not in the Discord, I highly recommend coming in. We'll play games a lot. This is just... Our main focus of this channel is just the podcast. We also play a lot of games. I do a lot of streaming of them. But he threw out a... The Smithsonian 3D digitalization, ah, I can't speak right now, 3D digitalization website, and they have a lot of cool stuff, I'll pull this over real quick, but they have a whole bunch of 3D models of stuff that we can actually see in the, in the Smithsonian, um, obviously the Apollo 11 moon lander, mm-hmm. detailed, detailed almost perfectly. If I might say so myself, this is intricate. Okay, well. They even got rust on it. That's amazing. Right. Wow. Anyway, um, and they're all free to use. Interesting. I did not know that. But, yeah, like, it's, it, the, like you said, Curtis, the time, people greatly underappreciate games. Like, it. That are not just games. The time it takes to put in, like you don't, you won't believe the amount of conversations I've had with people in high school who like, oh, you play video games? It's pretty stupid. Like, why would you want to play something like that? It's just like, okay, you go to the movie theater to watch movies. Well, of course. Well, that's pretty stupid. Well, why is it stupid? Well, think about how much time it makes to make a movie. That's the equivalent of making a video game. Like, you have to do. It, post in a movie is almost the exact as the production phase in a video game. Right. Because you can shoot you can shoot the movie, which I consider the pre-production in a video game. You can film the movie with the uh, green screens and all the backdrops and all the set. That's pretty much, I feel, like the production phase of a movie. But then you send the movie into post. That is doing all, like, click and drag for all the design work. Click and drag, click and drag, click and drag. Um, creating the levels, creating the framework creating the uis like ui ui don't even get me started on ui they video game companies have a team dedicated to creating uis yes ui that's not something i personally don't that's personally it's not something i want to do but i will do it obviously if someone gives me the job hey go work on the ui i'll be like all right cool hell yeah money sure but like people work on so many different aspects of video game it's like i they're underappreciated, uh, and I'm not going to be the one be like, you got to appreciate my work. But it's like, I feel bad for some of these companies that make great games and one little bug, and they get told their game is shit. Yeah, because people don't understand. But also, like, um, <laughs> you know, you, you're, you're saying, like, oh, why do you play video games? I, my argument used to be, well, I don't know, maybe because it – helps me work on my critical thinking skills. It helps me work on my cognitive functions. It helps me work on my uh, reaction time. It works on my hand-eye coordination. Like, video games do so much that you don't even cognitively know you're doing. Like, you know, your hand-eye coordination. You're not thinking that by whipping around the map in Call of Duty and, and quick scoping somebody that you're actually improving your hand-eye coordination, but in fact you, you right. are. 
you're also you're also challenging and improving your critical thinking skills because you have to think about where you're going, where the enemy is, where you are, how much ammo you have, how much is left in your clip, uh, which gun do you have, what's the range on this gun, is there bullet drop, and all of these things are going through your mind in microseconds, and you're making oh, yeah. split second decisions on them. But they're like, oh, video games are stupid. Get out of here with that. Physical therapy stupid in that case. Like, right. It, 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 it's it's so ridiculous. It's always the meathead who talks about it like that too. And you find, and then you find out uh, a few months later that they secretly play, secretly play video games. You're just like, I probably just want to look cool in front of the pretty lady, don't you? Right. <laughs> right. But anyway, because like Assassin's Creed, like there's some things that you don't think go through your head that go through your head, like. Can I make the jump from the top of this building onto that building? Like, you don't know how many times I've just plummeted to my neck. <laughs> right, right. It's like, should I go into this area and just start fighting everybody? Or should I go around the side and try to be sneaky? Some people are going to choose one. Some people are going to choose a ladder. Like, that's just how it is. Uh, good, just bored at work. Oh, well, Chris, I feel that. But I'm not bored. So, haha. ha. So there's, there's just anyway. many different things and ways and, and stuff that you can that you can see video games as through different eyes. Like again, through yeah. devs' eyes. If you look at it through a different pair of eyes, if you walk in a different person's shoes a mile, you will see exactly what's going on. Oh, for sure. That's why I feel like Assassin's Creed does a really good job of like trying to force you to look through someone else's eyes through historical lens that it creates. Yes. Uh, go like, especially going into revolutionary the Revolutionary War, Assassin's Creed Three wasn't my favorite game, though I've beaten it like four or five times just because I love Assassin's Creed and it's gonna keep pulling me back to the franchise, no matter what they do. I still like. I don't think I fully, I have not fully beaten Origins and I have yet to play Odyssey. I know they're both fantastic games, but I'm definitely, it's pulling me back because Valhalla looks so good. And I know, like, no matter what they do, they're going to always tickle that person's fancy who loves history like me and I know like you and a few of you in chat. I, I just, I know that Assassin's Creed, they're, they're always going to keep pulling you back just by having that little bit of like history and that alone aside aside from the design work aside from the artwork it, and aside from the dev work my cat is tickling my feet here. <laughs> he's trying to attack me i'm gonna spray him do right buddy do right you know aside from and, all that you know my cat's tickling my feet <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but no aside, aside from all of that stuff the amount of time it takes to actually make sure a game is historically accurate takes a whole lot of research yep. and they and the fact that they have a team sitting down saying you know what i'm gonna be the one to do the job that nobody likes research i'm one of those people i don't mind research so if you throw me be like, hey go make sure that this game is historically accurate I'll be like, all right bro i'm gonna go, i'm gonna go do it see in about 25 25 hours 24 to 25 hours like see you later i'm gonna sit on my computer for with my pot of coffee real quick but no it's like that alone takes so much dedication so much effort chat let me ask you a question who here loves research who here is going to be that person to say oh i'll, I'll go i'll go do research i hated research in high school i mean that depends on the research. topic to be honest with you like you said if it's if it's 
if it's history, if if it's historical, then yeah, what happened? Yeah, like if like if it's historical, then yeah, yeah, I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna I'm gonna my internet's being wonky. Um, That's fine. But I, I I will gladly volunteer to sit down and be like, okay, yeah, you know, I I, I will put. A hundred hours, two hundred hours into this research because it's just something that I truly enjoy doing. Right. By the way, Chad, I, I said I know I said twenty four hours. That was just a number I pulled out of my ass. Don't expect research <laughs> to take twenty four hours. Um, but yeah, no, it like think about it though. Think about the person who works on the physics engine and who is the physics buff. Are they going to be the one to say, okay, I'll go do the research? No. And that's why, like most companies, they have different teams. They have the team for research. They have the team for um, PR even, which is a whole nother ish to, or another whole nother beast to tackle. But I feel like we're getting a little off track here. I feel like we should bring it back into Assassin's Creed in this next half hour. Um, I think we ended on... Between Assassin's Creed Two and Assassin's Creed Three, uh, yeah. So I feel like, like we, should, we should cover up how how much Assassin's Creed from Assassin's Creed Two and how to how it got to Assassin's Creed Three. I think we should cover how much it changed. And I think we started doing that with the whole Assassin's Brotherhood and how you can call your people in. Yeah, and and but see that's the thing. Like as the Assassin's Creed series started to get more entries. They didn't really change anything. It it they took it's the same fight mechanics, it's the same movement mechanics, it's all the same buttons, it's all the same everything, and that's what I'm saying. Like they didn't really do anything except for reskin it and throw a new story on it. Right. From from Assassin's Creed 2 to basically all the way up to um, it was Origins. Revelation. It was Origins. Oh. Because Origins, they revamped everything. So, okay. from two okay. from two on, so like, what is that? That's... That's Assassin's Creed 2, two Brotherhood Revelation, four. 3, 4, Rogue, Unity, and I think that's it. So, eight, eight different entries into the game. They had the same fight mechanics. They had the same... Everything. Like... They had the same buttons, the same fight mechanics, the same dodge mechanics, the same parry mechanics. They had the same uh, running. They had the same sprinting, fast travel. They had the same everything, all of it. And that was like... Oh, they even had the same data fragments for a while. Yes. Like, that's what I'm saying, dude. They had the same types of missions. They had the same types of weapons. They had the same base building. They had the same everything. Like, yeah, in four, they were they were like, "Hey, we should we should probably flesh out this naval battle thing." But guess what? They still they still have an an odyssey, naval battles. Like it's from so for eight different iterations of the game. To me, the only thing that they changed was the story, the skins, and and they added naval battles. 
actually syndicate i just remember us about syndicate that actually that was a whole different game i feel like i feel uh, like they changed a whole lot with syndicate i mean depends on how you look at it because it's still the same fighting mechanics it's still the same movement mechanics well kind of kind of so like in syndicate you can have the people who like um who are on the assassin side you can have them like if they see you in a battle they'll just hop in by themselves rather than like you have to actually call them in so if you're on like the corner and you see like the green hats, I think that's what the team is called. They'll just jump in. They'll be like, "Hey, yo, what's up, buddy? Well, let's get in here. Let, let's fight." Um, we got people. Right. In. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, think about it. All that really is is like, and we're talking syndicate. Right. That's that's the same thing from Brotherhood. Except now you don't have that's to say point. you don't have to say hey fight this dude they're just like oh my boy's in trouble I'm gonna go fight that guy. That's a good point. That's a very that's a very valid point, and I feel like that goes on the concept of I call it the Call of Duty method or the Call of Duty model. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Obviously, they're making billions of dollars on these Assassin's Creed titles with the same game over and over again. And I feel like it's the reason people keep coming back is like we keep talking about it. i feel like it's the history people yes. love history they love seeing history told in a fantasy and in a fiction environment like obviously everyone loves a not well okay not everyone because i know there are a lot of people who hate nonfiction, but i'm one of the few who i will love a good nonfiction telling of historical events i'm, I'm a documentary buff but like everyone loves seeing this stuff in fiction, everyone loves seeing some having someone's story told, even if it's not 100% accurate to the real world. Historically, it'll be accurate, but obviously, Assassin's Creed, you have someone jumping off of a like 300 feet uh, above surface level, you have them jumping into a hay bale, they're obviously gonna die. Oh, you're going but, right through the hay bale, you're gonna be a splatter on the concrete underneath it, of, of course. Like, but people love that because it's like I can push the boundaries of physics, but I can also get an amazing, amazing story told while just doing a whole like <laughs> there is no way this man I'm just saying this man, the assassin you're playing as, is able to climb up this building, half of it without his arms being just rubber. Yeah. That's and like continually doing it because you have free climbers, obviously, but they'll they'll climb a mountain and then they'll take a break and be like, okay, whew, I'm winded. You can have this man climb a building, run over the next building, climb that building, run over the next building, climb. This man should be at least like 250 pounds of just lean, mean muscle, right? Like, All upper body. Oh yeah, no, this man, he, he's like he's he's tight. He, he's he, he's lanky well okay not completely lanky but he, he's got like the physique of a featherweight mma fighter yeah but he's like doing stuff that like requires so much freaking muscle and you just look at it and be like why is this man not like the size of the fucking rock <laughs> like that, that that's my thing i don't know but that's the size of the point i I do like, though, how 
Because I, I personally don't want to see a game. They have this, like, fleshed-out mechanic that they've been working on so long, the fighting mechanic. I want to see them have this thing, they throw it out, and it's all of a sudden changed up every iteration. Because, yeah, they do change things. They, they change up the environment. They change up where you're located. They change up the time period. And that's great. But, like I said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're not going to want to play a game and then be like, okay, I learned all the mechanics for this game. And then they're going to hand you a new game and be like, okay, well, here's some new mechanics. I learned all the mechanics for this game. Here's a new game. Here's some new mechanics. And I learned all the mechanics for this game. It's going to be different throughout. It's just going to – there's no cohesive. It's not cohesive. Uh, I do like how the, they did change the fighting mechanics like you are saying in Origins. Well, I see, think it was pretty neat. That's what I, I was about to say. That. Like you, you're, you're saying if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But obviously it did break. Well, yeah, because it was – like we were talking about, those one-hit kills, people were starting to be like, okay, well, I also enjoy the fighting of this game. Let me experience that a little more. So then they were like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll try to fix that. We're going to start working on that. We're going to allow you guys to come up with a new way to fight. And I feel like it was because the people who were playing Assassin's Creed 1 through X, I... I don't know where it ended. Uh, Syndicate. I think it is Syndicate, honestly. Let me see. What? Yeah, Syndicate was the last one that that, that followed okay. that that mold. Right. Like that. That was our time, and now I'm feeling like since they started at the beginning, the very beginning of the Assassin's Order, I feel like they're trying to like not necessarily reboot it's sort of soft reboot i feel like they're trying to say okay so there's a new generation of gamers coming there's a new generation who will want to play our games let's start gearing that more towards them and our previous generation of assassin's creed lovers they're going to still love it regardless because they still are able to enjoy and respect assassin's creed right but 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 like so they changed so much in them like they they Made it a full-on RPG where you actually mm-hmm. gain experience and gain levels. They gave you more. They gave you different gear. They gave you different weapons. They gave right. you. They revamped Eagle Vision. They uh, revamped the fighting style. They revamped the movement. The, the movement controls because, like, from one to Unity, you you could run, you could move, but then if you held down like right trigger R two you would start to sprint. And if you right. were sprinting, then you could climb the walls. Right. In Origins, it's it's just like you, there is no sprint. You're, you're always at max run speed when you're moving. Right. Just run up to the wall and start climbing. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they changed so much between Unity or Syndicate and Origins that it – like they really – like it, to me – they changed so much because, like you said, it finally broke. It was right. finally like, okay, we're not hitting our numbers anymore. We don't. We're not getting the sales. People aren't playing this game for as long as they were. If you know they did buy it, something about it they don't like anymore. Right. Which you know, I, that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I think they went off the beaten path after uh, four. Because after four is Rogue, and right. you know Rogue, you you 
plays an assassin that goes rogue and joins the Templars. Right. And you actually... uh, That gave a whole new perspective on the game. I think Rogue, that was around the same time as uh, Assassin's Creed 3, because if I remember correctly, he's the one who is trying to... So in Assassin's Creed 3, when you're playing as Haytham on the boat, they're like, oh, it's a... a Templar ship or assassin ship or whatever, they look out in the distance and they're like, okay, well, we might die now. And then I feel like, if I remember correctly, that's the same boat that the guy in Rogue, he was or he was commanding. I don't know, though. I personally, I never played Rogue. I have a really good friend who plays Rogue who talks really highly about it. But anyway, I think that we have been jumping around all over the place and we're about to be ending here in the next 15 minutes i feel like we should wrap up on our final comments about assassin's creed's uh evolution and next week we'll be talking a bit more about the evolution i know we said we were gonna start from like assassin's creed one up until like four uh four or rogue or something i mean we kind of have though we we've stayed pretty much on on topic and on uh, no, for sure. Time path, because you know, we we've we've hit on Assassin's Creed number two, Brotherhood. Re- like we didn't really talk about Revelation, but like in my mind, Revelation Revelation is, is the same as Brotherhood. It, it's just in Constantinople. Well, kind of, but I feel that Revelations focused more on Desmond and Desmond's struggle. Okay. Because right. that's where Desmond dies is in Revelation. Spoiler, spoiler alert, no. guys. <laughs> he dies in three. He actually full on dies in three. See, I didn't know that because yeah, I, so, I haven't played that much. So Assassin's Creed Brotherhood is when he gets uh, his mind controlled by the Apple of Eden. He kills that chick that he's uh, all got the hots about. Right. And then they go over to the they they they're driving around and whatnot looking for the uh, the next piece of Eden or whatever. And then from there, Esmond is stuck in the animus and that his mind is jumbled up and whatnot. And he has to escape the animus essentially. That's revelation. So yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I feel like it did focus more on Desmond a little bit, but Assassin's Creed three was starting to get like you were talking about that Desmond Assassin's Creed game. They were starting to touch up on that, and then they just completely threw it off where they were like, all right, Desmond's dead. I was like, whoa, whoa what? Right. I was getting ready for like Desmond to be like, all right, I'm a full-blown assassin now. Let's go. See, I remember in some of the missions he was running around playing as – playing the assassin role in the modern day, and he's using his hidden blade against people with firearms. Right. Like, this man this man has the ball, so you couldn't run around with a hidden blade against people with swords and knives and the, all right you're pretty evenly matched but this man's running around with a hidden blade against people with freaking firearms the fucking m1911 they're either pointed at his face and he's just like i got my knives this man is literally the epitome of i brought a knife to a gunfight and he still whooped ass but i was really hoping after that game they were gonna drop something huge like kind of like wrap up the series and be like all right guys Assassin's Creed Desmond or something. I don't know what they would have called it, but like you're playing as Desmond, you're gonna finally bring an end to the Templars, and then end of Assassin's Creed three. Spoiler: Desmond dies, and you're. I was just sitting there like, yo, what? 
Like what? What is? What happened now? Yeah, no, that's but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you play as Ezio and Altair in Revelations, but the main focus of it isn't on those because in the in one, two, and Brotherhood, the main focus of those three games wasn't Desmond. He was like a side arching mm-hmm. character. He was like, you know, hey, this is kind of what's going on in the background here, guys. In Revelations, it's like, oh shit, like Desmond's stuck in the Animus. His mind is fragmented. This dude is done. Like, right. Like, this is the main focus. Like, yeah, but and you couldn't have just made it that. And I understand why they they have you play as Ezio and Altair because you can't. Like, that would have been a boring ass game, dude. Super yeah, boring ass game. Well, the reason, the way they executed it was perfectly though. They, the way that Desmond was brought out of the Animus was not only by completing those little side missions where you walk around as Desmond in first-person mode, um, doing his doing his own personal memories, which I love. I love like getting a little bit of Desmond's backstory as well, his little monologues. Yep. But you, he, it was the purpose of that game was I need to figure out Desmond's ancestors so I can figure out why Desmond himself is like supposed to be an assassin. He, the reason they played as Desmond or as Ezio and Altair, kind of like back and forth, was because like they want they needed to figure out okay, what like what happened between the Templar or what happened to Grandmaster Altair after he got excommunicated? What happened there to um, Ezio with his story? Like we we're, we need to finalize these two people's arcs. We need to end these. We've, we've pretty much burned them out. We need to figure out how to end them so we can have Desmond finally step up and be the role of the assassin he's meant to be. And then they kills us off in three. It's, yeah. Right. Right. Honestly, th- honestly, three could have been all about Desmond. Like, that. Like maybe have him be thrown into the revelation, or uh, not revelation, um, uh, revolutionary war for a little bit. Be like, all right, cool. Go parade there because there's still some more uh, aspects of what we need. Like there's another piece of Eden that we need or something. But like it could have been purely Desmond. And then the side missions or the part where you play as Desmond in like the Brotherhood and Revelation, that could have been in the Animus. But everything is Desmond. Right. But uh, I'm not going to tell them how to write their story because that's not my place. But I, I feel like Assassin's Creed could have been so much better if they focused so much more on Desmond rather than being kind of like sidelined like he kind of was. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't kill him off because I'm telling you, Chad, I was so excited. I was so hyped up because I'm seeing this game. I'm seeing Desmond in the first one in uh, basically prisoner to uh, Abstergo. And then Assassin's Creed 2, he finally escapes and he teams up with the assassins in Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, they finally find uh, Apple of Eden, and then it jumbles up Desmond's brain, so they throw him and lock him in the Animus to keep him alive. Basically, that's his life support. He gets his mind back, finally, by finding out, the finishing the story of Altair and Ezio, and they just kill him. And I'm just sitting here be like, okay, you're literally leading up to making a game based solely on Desmond, and you just, you did it. Like, I... Obviously, like I said, I'm still going to keep coming back to Assassin's Creed, but man, if they would have ended with 
Esmond finally like bringing an end to Abstergo and everything. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have that would have brought like an like that would have brought a great finale to the game. But obviously they didn't. We have to get more information on the Templars, so that's why we play Assassin's Creed Four. You work for Abstergo, which I think is a little interesting, and the way they did that, like I said, is very interesting because you work for Abstergo to make a movie. But what they're really trying to do is they're trying to get like, okay, so we're going to play as pirate mode in a little before, what's his name, in Assassin's Creed 3. The uh, Native American guy, uh, the Native oh, American assassin Connor. guy. And, yeah, Connor. Connor, that's right. So you play as Connor's ancestor, great-grandfather or whatever. And Stergo's objective face value to the public is like okay we're just trying to make a movie but they're really trying to be like we want we now that desmond's dead the assassins are basically done for so we we're going to find out all the information so we can finally once again rule the world so i thought that was pretty intelligent i thought that was smart say uh like i said i still love the games but man after they killed desmond i was just like well okay like they they I, they kind of took something from me, you know? It wasn't Assassin's Creed anymore after that. Yep. And, like, this this website that I'm on right now, this says it's kind of like a synopsis of Black Flag. Right. Um, it, and it's kind of true to, to what I was saying earlier. It says, uh, the game pivots focus on naval explore, exploration, which is evident based on the pirate theme. Compared to the release, or compared to the games it. released before Assassin's Creed 4, this has more of an open world approach, which, again, we talked about. It says you can right. upgrade your ship, build your assassin's guide. You can also get to enjoy improved naval combat. There are no major additions, but Black Flag definitely changes the tides of the sequel with minor adjustments. Again, they right. they didn't change anything. They didn't add anything. They just tweaked a couple of things. Right. Movement's still the same. <laughs> combat still the same. You can still get into you versus 50 people fights and come out unscathed just by parrying and right. counterattacking every single time. Like it, it, it started to get stagnant. It started to get old. And the only thing, the only thing that was really different was that you go to different islands now rather right. than it all being like, uh, and, and Assassin's Creed two and brotherhood. It's all in Florence. It's all in Italy. Right. Or, or like now you like, you got to sail from, Oh man, don't get me started on Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You got island to island to island just to get one single animus fragment on each of them. I'm sitting here be like, oh my god. So I'm right. going to travel to this island. Alright, got my stuff back on my ship. Travel to this island. Got my stuff back on the ship. Travel to this island. And that's what they're saying. Yeah. That's what they're saying about the open world approach. Because instead right. of like you go into a to the end of the road and then oh hold X to to enter this area, you just Hop on your ship and sail to the next freaking island. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one one major addition they had though was the underworld or underworld underwater. Um, oh, like being able to dive. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Like that's 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 it. That's really about it. But then, uh, from, as well as well as the ship. But those are the only two things that from Assassin's Creed Two, Brotherhood, Revelation, and Three that was really changed. Right, and then they didn't really change anything in Rogue. The only thing that changed in nope. Rogue was the fact that you played as a rogue assassin that joins the Templars. That's it. I don't even think there was diving in that game either. No. Yeah, so... 
models still remain the same. And like we said, Chad, like we said, um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But at one point, it finally broke. And then, like, Ubisoft, they're finally like, okay, well, we need, we need to change something. And it's not that, like, mechanically it broke. It, like, to the public and to the player, it just didn't feel authentic anymore. I feel like they, like, with Call of Duty, they, they, it's just, like, it's the same game, run, run and gun. It all, it's, I'm saying the boots to, boots to ground Call of Duty. It's the same game all the time, just kind of reskin. Um, well, dude, there was a new, like, it, again, because they weren't changing anything from Assassin's Creed 2 to Syndicate. Right. There was, okay, so look, Assassin's Creed 2 was 2009. Brotherhood was 2010. Revelations was 2011. Assassin's okay. Creed 3 was 2012. Black Flag was 2013. Rogue was 14. Unity was 14. And Syndicate was 15. So in the span of fucking six years, they released yep. seven different games. Because they didn't change anything. They right. re, Like I said, they reskinned it. After they reskinned it, they changed the storyline. And they were like, here's a new game. Here's a new game. Here's a new game. And then saw so how, what... What year did well, Origins come out? Because I think it was like a two two year difference, two or three year difference, right? It was a two year difference, but then again, yeah. from Origins, they had to mechanically change right. everything. But then from Origins to Odyssey, they didn't change a whole lot mechanically because the new the new way <laughs> stuck. It worked very well. Right. It was a one so year I, turnaround. Right, and like that, that's honestly a common. Um, common trope you see in games in uh, game design, you're gonna see, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna see companies that are gonna work on games and be like, okay, well this works, great, perfect. Let's just keep doing this. We're gonna create a new story. We're gonna create a new, and I can't really think about, I can't really think right now. We're gonna create a new narrative. We're gonna create new characters. But that's really about it. All that really takes is just a bit of a bit of work. Narrative. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit of work. It's like. If the if the engine is the same, if there was no real upgrade, like you say say we're working on UE4, we have Knife Fight. Say we want to make Knife Fight 2, we don't really have to change much. We already have the base of everything. Correct. But say we go from UE4 to UE5, and then we want to say okay, well then we want to kind of figure out a better way of combat. We're gonna to have to revamp everything, not only from UE4, but now we're also on UE5 because I'm pretty sure. They uh, they created a new uh, a new game engine in from Assassin's Creed Syndicate to Odyssey oh, or not Odyssey Origins. Origins, but yeah, no, definitely. They created a new end, or they started using a new engine. I mean, you and, can see it. You can see it that it just it completely oh, yeah. changes, man. It it's a right. complete one eighty. I, I I'm okay with it, and like I said, like Assassin's Creed, they're always going to give me a reason to keep coming back. Like even when they on the Xbox and PlayStation, they released the Altair or the Ezio collection. Like I was like, okay, perfect. On my current generation console, I can play all my favorite Ezio games. I love the Ezio series. Like he was yeah. an, a major part. The fact that they made three games about the man he was a major key player in the Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the Assassin's Creed franchise. So obviously, so everyone liked him. Everyone loved him. But I feel like people they got so used to Ezio, and then Assassin's Creed Three, it was a completely different assassin. They're like, well, what, what's up? On top of that, they killed Desmond. 
And then the next one, you're playing as the Abstergo agent working to create a movie, which you don't understand, you don't know truly that you're just actually working to take over the world. You start working with Elizabeth and that dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, the the English dude. Which is really and cool because like she's like a coffee vendor, like on the first floor of that that building, and he's like a like a fucking delivery package guy, and like you Working know them as an assassin, like, right? Yeah, you know them, but you also the fact that you know them. You're coming in here thinking, okay, well, I know this person, how this person, why the hell are they working for Abstergo? And they start giving you missions, and you start uncovering secrets. You're like, oh, wait, holy crap. Like, they are being what an assassin is, working undercover in enemy territory. Yep. So it, it's it's very, it's neat, and I like it, but I don't know. I feel like we've overstayed our welcome here a little too bit. <laughs> We're on an hour 41, but... Curtis, do you have any last save rounds for Assassin's Creed from Assassin's Creed One all the way up until Black Flag? No, I or mean Rogue? don't like don't get me wrong. It, it, it's an amazing game. It's an amazing model. Um, they're super fun. If anybody hasn't played them, I highly recommend playing them. But likewise, you just it, it's just again it's it, it was the same thing. It's the same. Mm-hmm mechanics it's the same everything it's just a reskin and a restory and you just have to like take it for the story not for the gameplay after the first three you like and that's the thing but i can't wait for i can't wait for next week when we actually dive into how they fully changed revamped and revamped everything because that's like honestly i i've played and loved i've gotten everything from the last two assassin's creeds and uh i i i actually can't play the old ones anymore like i've i've, I've tried playing uh going back and playing black flag again not the same like i, I just can't it's I, not. I, really not i can't play them I, anymore yeah i feel like i could play them for maybe like 30 minutes yeah. I just gotta put the controller down after that. I'm like, it's not, it's not, I can't. <laughs> I just can't. Alright, well, chat, I want to thank you guys for coming in. It's been a true honor. Next week, we're going to be covering the nitty-gritty of what they revamped in the overhaul that they have started adding after Unity, really. Yep. Dogwood Gaming. Sam, thank you. It was great. I, I really appreciate you hanging out with us. And everyone else who's still here in chat, I appreciate you being here as well. I also want to give a quick shout out to Junior Bro Vice and Rose Shocker 22. Thank you for the follow, even though it was off screen. Hella appreciate that you you're the ones who are helping this channel and helping this community grow more and more. But on that note, we're about to wrap it up. We. I'll be doing more gaming, streaming throughout the week. I'll be adding some more tutorials as well. Um, next week, we will see you at 12 p.m. Eastern, like always. It was great. Have a good one, guys.